That recliner almost chopped my mate's finger off. This is what our killer looks like. Tired. Everyone has been affected in one way or another by this terrible tomato onslaught. There was a, a standing lamp in this room. What happened to it? Attack of the Killer Objects! Hi! Welcome to Attack of the Killer Objects. Kate is back with me again for part two of Dead Wax, which is, again... Not technically a killer object movie. It's a killer object TV show. But each episode is only like 10 to 15 minutes long. I think one was maybe 18 minutes. And there's only eight episodes. So in total, it's about the length of a movie. So we decided doable. <laughs> Although we still had to split it into two episodes. Kate, how are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Can't complain too much. I spent the morning rewriting my notes on the second half because I lost them at the end of the last episode. <laughs> I like couldn't find the other half that I had saved and I don't st still don't know what happened. I think I accidentally deleted them, but this time I wrote them out longhand in a book in a like journal that I have. There's no chance of me losing them. Yeah. No chance of an accidental deletion here, folks. So we're just gonna dive on in. Dive on in. Okay, so Kate, do you remember where we were last time? Where we last left off? I wanna say episode six, but I I I I barely remember last week, so <laughs> <laughs> We last left off with episode five. We will be picking up with episode six right now. That's what, see, I was right. I, I had it right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right, so it opens with a suspiciously familiar looking apartment and a clearly newly minted victim of the Litten Lacquer with a mysterious gloved figure collecting the infamous record. Or, um, well, he has it in his hands when he's in that apartment. Um, as we last left off, Etta and Perry had gone to visit Tuck Weston only to have it end in bloody consequences and an end to putting an end to this whole endeavor. So the next scene we see shows Etta and Perry burying Tuck's lifeless corpse under a pile of rocks before continuing their mission. Upon opening Tuck's secret suitcase, they find dozens of composition books with weird drawings and codes, kind of like what's scratched in the dead wax of the key records. But also they find key record two and a hint of where to find Lily Child, who is believed to be in the possession of key one of the Lacker. Okay. So now while driving, Lana texts Etta about strange info on this USB drive that she previously acquired that's about the sale of the Lacker, and she texts her, you know, please call me, like, ASAP. But 
Etta dictates to her phone that, you know, she just got back in the service area. I'll call you later. But can you get me the address of Lily Child? <laughs> like, you're I love just... you, but do this thing for me. Yeah, right? Like, mm, maybe not the best way to handle that, Etta. <sighs> but, you know, Lana still does it for her. Mm. So, Etta tells Perry that they are heading to someone who might know where to find Lily. And then Perry reveals that his phasing out of existence experiences seem to get worse when he's physically not, like, right next to to Etta. Then Etta and Perry arrive at Ian's, who, uh, if you'll remember, was played by old... It was Ted Raimi, right? Yeah, Ted Raimi. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, that was his character name, right? <laughs> yeah, so they arrive at Ian's and discover bright red beetles and just viscera everywhere. Uh, similar to how Perry's partner died. Uh, visibly shaken, Emma is pulled outside by Perry away from the grisly scene. Uh, later, they're seen talking about the incident and other lacquer-related deaths. And Etta theorizes FRM, frequency resonance manipulation if you find just the right frequency for the human body you can manipulate it with resonance to vibrate all the moisture out of itself or shake it so hard it explodes a weapon and then what'd you say (laughs) the brown note (laughs) yeah uh yeah yeah for real Etta then declares that she is done with this job and starts to walk away. But then Perry begs her and she turns around to find him like in a ball on the floor, phasing in and out again. So, you know, she grabs his hand is like, all right, you know, we'll do this. Um, Because Perry tells her that he literally thinks he'll die if she's not physically right beside him. Um, So, you know, she agrees to see it through. Um, not knowing where else to go, Etta and Perry head to Etta's client's house. Upon arriving at Decker's, they find him nowhere to be found. The door's locked. He's not answering the doorbell or his phone. And he's an actor, so she's just like, eh, he's probably on a shoot somewhere. And then, <laughs> this was actually kind of funny. Uh, Len Perry says, I'm fucking screwed. I'm going to die, right? My life is in an actor's hands. <laughs> <laughs> But then, just as he's, like, freaking out, oh, Lana texts Etta and co- that she's come through with Lily's address. So then we see, at the end of the episode, a montage of Etta and Lana basically just playing phone tag, trying to, like, get in touch with each other, but never at the exact right time to answer. And you see a final scene showing Lana getting a phone call from Null and Void, a.k.a. Lily. On to episode seven. So, yes. So, seven begins with the scene of more bright red beetles eating the flesh from an animal skull. Um, Etta and Perry arrive at Lily's house, and she opens the door as if she's been expecting them. After pouring them cups of green tea... Lily explains that her family owned a prominent lac beetle farm in Japan. That's these red beetles that we've been seeing. These beetles are supposedly tuned with all of the music of the early 20th century, according to Lily. 
Shellac from organic sources is now considered inferior to vinyl, so her family's farm never flourished fully, largely due to the devastation of World War II. Lily tells them this with an eerily cheery look on her face. That's also, like, vaguely threatening. <laughs> um, I will say this, though. When you watch her tell this story, at least I did, I just was really focusing on how, like, perfect her lips are. They're, like, that perfect shape. And they're, like, painted bright red, kind of like the Beatles. And yeah. she's she's got these, like, perfect white teeth. And it's it's gorgeous but also a bit unsettling <laughs> and i found that i found that something about her to be quite effective and eerie Etta asks her how did you know that we were coming and she just evades this question by saying because you were looking for the litten lacquer then len's like do you have it <laughs> and she replies i'm sorry for what is happening to you she tells them that the lacquer does not belong to her, that it's not meant to be heard without proper preparation. And she proceeds to tell Perry that if the proper prep is done now, they might be able to reverse the effects that are happening to him. So confirming that they have key two and key three, Lily says that she indeed has key one and that they can prime for the litten lacquer now. Lily leads them down a hallway to a large room with three perfectly calibrated record players, one for each key record. And they're formed like in a half circle. And then in the center of all that is one of the like um, symbols that have been on the cover of these key records. It, it gave me very big Biff Element vibes for sure. Yeah, totally. Um, so then they sit down back to back in the center of the symbol and the records are set down to play all at once. And as they start playing, it's just like weird ambient music and sounds that's like not really discernible. But they start seeing colorful visions and images that's a little bit hard to describe, but just very colorful and trippy. Kind of like very way more vivid than if you were like on hallucinogens in my experience, but kind of very like having synesthesia almost. Yeah. Way more like having synesthesia. Exactly. So then there, you know, Len starts freaking out and you're just like, what's going on? And being more sound in this moment, Etta gets up and attempts to stop the records, but they literally cannot stop them from playing. There's no way to unplug them, and she can't get them to the uh, needle to stop. It's affecting them to where they can't move quite right. And the next thing you know, they've both passed out while hallucinating. And they wake up on two tables, and they're strapped down, medical tables. And then we see Lily walking between them with her hands, like, hovering over their bodies, like a Reiki master almost. <laughs> yes. And then out of the shadows, fucking Ian walks out and says to Lily, time for the children to eat. And we cut back to the opening scene of black beetles eating flesh from an animal skull. And that's the end of that episode. And oh, that's fuck. What I was like, what? What? Yep. I yep. need to get these beetles. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
at the very least, they make beautiful nail polish, I imagine. Oh, I'd, I'd assume so, at least. Like, strong as nails, but um Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I'm sure PETA does not approve of killing beetles. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm sure we have other alternatives nowadays. <laughs> we do. Like she was saying, you know, they went out of business largely because of the war, but... You know, after the war, it was just more practical to make, you know, synthetic vinyl. And that's why they, you know, the lacquer thing never took off or whatever. I mean, it is cheaper to produce, so I see where they came from. Yeah, but, you know, these culty record people are all about, like, the lacquer. It's got to be perfectly tuned. It's more, it, the resonance is better and all this creepy stuff. I, You're like... Trust me. Sit down like, with Dale, talk about vinyl. You'll you'll hear all of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair, but this is, like, turned up to an 11. You know what I mean? True. Like, these are, like, people eating Beatles making music. Yeah. People have died. (laughs) Can't say I wouldn't. It wouldn't stop me from buying them. (laughs) You're almost as bad as Edda. (laughs) I know. (laughs) All right. So, part eight. Last episode. The finale. Bum, bum, Uh, bum. Bum. So, <laughs> Etta awakens on the table to find Perry's head covered in a box filled with the lac beetles who are now feasting on his face as he grunts and groans. And Etta showing the most emotion. I Well, maybe not the most. No, yeah, you know what? The most emotion she's shown in the show. She's a very yeah. stoic character. She full-on screams in terror, gives it her all. And then she, like, passes out. She awakens again to find Ian seemingly tuning her with one of his fucking devices. Perry's body is gone from the neighboring table, and Etta's like, Perry? Where's Perry? Ian tells her that thanks to Perry, the Beatles are finally tuned properly. They ate him. Yum, yum, yum. Mm-hmm. So Ian continues to wax philosophical about sound and tells Etta that they are going to retune the world together as she pleads with him to let her go. He responds by sticking her in the neck with a syringe filled with some kind of sedative. She awakens again, still strapped down to the table, but she's alone this time. The door opens, and Rhodes has tracked down Etta and Perry. Rhodes, you may recall, is the officer who was charged with keeping an eye on Perry after his partner exploded. Just after Rhodes frees Etta and tells her that he tracked her phone because it was being intercepted by a frequency to, like, this location, Lily stabs Rhodes through the fucking ears with what looked like a giant Phillips head screwdriver. But it could have been some other kind of tool. Yeah, it was something sharp. Something, but it was bigger than that tool. It was bigger than a tool that it looked like would normally be. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm not sure what it was. I just know that it, it went through his ear real fast. Yeah, almost ridiculously so like butter yeah it was it was way too smooth it was like supernaturally smooth through his ears but anyway lily states we're not quite ready for you and then just like creepily steps back into the shadows it's like that homer simpson meme where he disappears into the bush oh man i can't even remember what episode that is 
and I feel ashamed for that right now, but yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Etta leaves the dark room and discovers a room full of more key records. Suddenly, Lily grabs Etta from behind and starts to drag her back down the hall, but Etta fights back and knocks Lily down. She then, Lily does, she begins to laugh hysterically, and Etta sits on top of her and proceeds to beat her face in as Lily continues to laugh maniacally. It's one of the creepier scenes in this show, actually. Lily's skull just was beaten in by Etta. She's dead now. With no sign of Ian, Etta escapes and drives home, but during her drive, Ian calls her and says, you left without saying goodbye. Running home to Lana, Etta tells him to stay away from her, and Ian proceeds to tell her that she is one of three living people who have heard the key records and is therefore properly primed to hear the Litten Lacquer. And she's like, oh, well, uh, your girl's dead, so it's really just two of us. <laughs> Etta declares that she won't listen and that she doesn't intend to help him in any way. And he tells her, you could hear it anywhere. If I want you to hear it, you'll hear it. Vinyl is ideal, of course, but this is not essential for this step. And he points out that she didn't have to answer the phone and that Lana answered the phone, too. Which sends Etta into a panic, and Ian tells her, you're out, of you're out of tune with the world, and I'll see you when you're ready. Frantic, Etta attempts to call Lana to no avail. Etta finally arrives home to find the frozen-in-time corpse of Lana. We don't see her face, but you know she's gone. Etta sees a record with a red bow on top, and it's the Litten Lacquer. She opens the player, places the record on it, and reaches for the lever that would drop the needle onto the lacquer. But she pauses, and we see one tear fall down her blood-splattered face. And we are left to wonder whether or not she listens to the Litten Lacquer. And that's how it ends! Yay! Yep. It's it not a happy ending. <laughs> No, but it definitely, it's like one of those things where it's like, they could do a sequel if they really wanted to, but it's probably best if they don't. Yeah. Just leave they, it as it is. Right. Shudder could have been like, yes, second season, but uh, no, it was not renewed. Because this aired in 2018, and I mean, I'm not saying that it couldn't happen, but I don't see it happening. No, I, think I, I feel I, like it, it's, it's good the way it ended. It doesn't need more story. Yeah, no, I think that's the perfect ending. It's that obsession with something can literally ruin your entire life. <laughs> it, it's almost like it's... I'm, uh, it's almost like it's a comparison to addiction in a way. I, I don't know if that's the right word to say. Not oh, very good with the whole English. <laughs> <laughs> it's your first language, Kate. <laughs> I know. It's, it's like the only language. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Uh, no, I would say that that's, that's, that's in there too. There's, there's kind of a lot going on if we like, you know, dig into the bones of this. But themes and metaphors. Yeah, for sure. But I found it to be enjoyable, and I like the creepy atmosphere. That listening to this, us talk about it, obviously doesn't do it justice. You have to go experience it for yourself. It will only take you like an hour and forty minutes of your time, <laughs> or something yeah. like that. I, I do, I do wish that there was an option on Shutter to uh, just play it all as one, like a movie. Me too, but there's not. But luckily. Yeah. There, the little like theme thing at the beginning, it's not like a song or anything, it's literally just a title card, and yeah. it disappears pretty quickly. So, you don't have to deal it's, with 
too much. It's it's mostly me being a very lazy, lazy, lazy person who doesn't want to get up and move to hit a button to hit next. <laughs> oh, see, I never have to worry about that because my controller is like right next to me. I just go clicked. <laughs> I, I was watching it on my computer, so I genuinely was annoyed that I had to get up to move my mouse. That's <laughs> that my that's, only complaint. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't have and being a slug. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't have to worry about that. Also, it actually just like starts playing um, by itself. It auto plays on on Xbox. I don't yeah, know if it does that desktop. everywhere. Not yeah, so desktop. it all yeah, so it just goes into the next episode anyway. So I just like go to the bathroom or something during the credits. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Anyway, um, so let's get into the superlatives of this. So what do you have? What do you have for best kill, Kate? Oh. Mm, I mean, Lily having her skull caved in was up there for me because it was just great. She was laughing the whole time while blood's going everywhere. Um, but also, yeah. I would have to, I'd have to say, honestly, probably uh, Perry's partner because he just went boom all of a sudden. There's guts everywhere. And I was like, wait, what? Holy shit. And it was like the first big kill. That's true. For pure yeah. um, effect, I agree with you on his partner and the explosion of that. But my answer that I wrote down was was Lily, because like yeah. I was saying, yeah, because yeah, like what I was saying earlier with her, just like the laughing and how chilling it was, but also so satisfying to see her get her right. head caved in because fuck her. <laughs> right. It was like, here you are just doing terrible things for what? Yeah. You deserve it. Yeah. So what do you have for worst kill? Oh, I guess technically it'd be Lana. One, because you don't see it happen. And two, because of the emotional effect it has on Etta. That's fair. That's a good one. I like your answer better than mine, I think. <laughs> I said Rhodes because I feel like Lily was not strong enough to do that butter kill through the ears the way she did. <laughs> fair. And also, like, the dude had almost no screen time. That's just unfair. That's true. He was a strong actor. He could have done more. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So who do you have for best character? Uh, I'm going to have to say Ian because he went for a quite a big loop. Like, you know, oh. going for like, yeah. Yeah, he gave me that okay. twist. I, I like the characters that give me the, the twists where I'm like, whoa, wait, what? Because he seemed you like took... he was nice wholesome. Oh, that's fair. You yeah. took it a different answer than I did. So I went with Lana. <laughs> okay, fair. Yeah, I could see where you went with that. Because she's really deeply, she really deeply loved Etta to her own detriment. And I don't think Etta deserved her. No, she did not at all. <laughs> she's a bad girlfriend. Like <laughs> she's a no, Etta's a bad girlfriend. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. No. I like the whole time. I'm like, I, what are you talking about, Perry? You need like I understand, but like this is starting to sound desperate. Like I wouldn't want her around me. Like I'd be happy to just cut her off. Yeah. So oddly enough, I have Ian for worst character because <laughs> because he groomed Etta from the moment she stole those records in his record shop for this purpose. Basically, there. He's an evil fuck. <laughs> Yeah. He, he pretended he to be her friend. Yeah, he forgot, you know, he pretended to be her friend and then wreaked havoc through her life and basically killed everyone she loved. <laughs> yeah, that's real, like, that's the sign of a strong character. 
<laughs> yes, but best villain, <laughs> worst character. Know what I'm saying? Exactly. That's where, like, I, I that, that's where it's, like, hard for me to discern things. <laughs> I'm like, I like you because you're evil. <laughs> I get it. But, yeah, it, it, yeah, worse, I mean, like, who's, you know, like, oh, you're the worst. Like that. <laughs> Ethically worse, I would have to say it's a toss-up between Ian and and Lily. Lily. Yeah. yeah. I said at the end that Lily's a close second. Yeah. Um, what do you have for most what the fuck moment? Oh, now I got to dig deep in my brain cuz I have to remember. Oh, what did me? Well, I guess well, for being an adult and not knowing this, my biggest what the fuck moment was learning what dead wax actually was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That's but good. Her actual, like, what the fuck was uh, probably um, Perry's partner being killed because I was like, was not expecting it to go like that, especially in the first death being, you know, just Lot's wife basically, <laughs> just like, is that salt? Is that a salt statue? And then boom, explosion for the next one. That was a what the fuck for me. That's basically what I said. I said everything to, I said, well, everything about the resonance being used as a weapon. Like, what a terrifying thought. The guy being completely drained of his moisture and being, like you said, like a salt statue. And then just viscera explosion, like a spontaneous combustion. Yeah, because I was expecting, I was like, oh, he's going to turn into a salt statue too. And then he's going to come back with coffee being all like, what the fuck? But no, the entire office exploded instead. Yep, yep. Uh, I also have to say uh, the Beatles eating poor Perry's face was also like, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, that actually, uh, it it took me back to a trip to the Art Gallery of Ontario years and years ago where they actually just had a a statue of a wax head covered in flies and wasps. It just reminded me of that. Yeah, it took me right back to high school. I was like, whoa, I've seen this before. (laughs) Oh, I got something about that just hits me deep. I don't like it. I, I don't remember the artist's name, so I can't Google it to show you. <laughs> That's fair. But honestly, though, I just felt so so bad for Perry throughout all of this. Because he, all oh, yeah. he was doing was his fucking job. And then he gets dragged back into this because he accidentally listens to it. Just trying, again, a, to do a his job. widow, too. Like, holy crap. Yeah, and then on top of it all, the person who drags him deeper into it is his fucking ex who cheated on him with his ex-wife. Right. Or with like, his dead wife. Like their this relationships, yeah. This, yeah, that relationship was complicated. <laughs> he that he didn't. Guy. He, oh god, everybody just was want, just trying to do their damn job, <laughs> right? Yeah, literally. Boy, Ian threw a monkey wrench in everyone's life. Thanks, Ian. <laughs> thanks, Ted Ramey. Yeah, thanks, Ted Ramey. You creepy fuck. <laughs> Just kidding, Ted. You're great. No, you are, but you're great at playing a creepy fuck, too. It's a compliment. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so what do you have for funniest moment? Oh. Not, there's I, uh, not a lot of funny moments. I know. It's a mm, hard one. It's more of a serious, uh, serious series with not too much humor. That's that's probably actually why it is in shorts, because people would probably feel emotionally exhausted by the end. It's just true, uh, honestly. I want to say it's when they're fucking with Rhodes's radio frequency, and he spills hot coffee in his lap, and he's like, God, fuck damn it basically that's a good like, one I, i've been there before well i'm trying to get ready in the morning and i'm late for work and i'm rushing and i fucking spill my coffee on my lap and i'm like i'm done with the day and it hasn't even started so i felt oh, in there. i feel that too 
I went with when when we first see Etta break into that guy's house and with that device and just so brazenly just like yeah. find it and then get stuck and almost get caught but still it's just like ah no big deal and it's like old man yells at Cloud he's like hey you punks get out of here yeah I thought that was pretty good and like I said that- earlier also that line that uh, Perry delivered about oh my life is in the hand of an actor great. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, that is the end of our journey into Dead Wax. We probably could have just done one big supersized episode, but an hour and a half in last time and we were like kind of tired. <laughs> and, and we, we lost notes. <laughs> and and I lost notes. That's the big thing. Mostly the lost notes part. But I also looked at the time and was like, yo, let's break this up too. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Huh. Uh, Still editing that, actually, but it'll be out uh, before this one, obviously. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Anyway, guys, for more of this uh, splendid banter, listen to our our podcast, What in the Wide World of Cinema. Uh, Find that anywhere you listen to podcasts. And I I heard John dies at the end of the next episode. That's true, Kate. (laughs) That is going to be the next episode. What? What? So tune in for that and stay away from that sauce. Or don't stay away from the sauce. And then have, like, annoying demons that you have to deal with. Or whatever you want to call those those creatures from other universes. I think you just described what happens when I eat hot sauce. (laughs) I think you just unlocked it. Oh, fuck. Mm, On that note, guys... We'll be doing a super fun, super cuddly killer object episode next time. More on that. Uh, Go check out Attack of the Killer Objects on Instagram and Facebook. But not the X. All right. Never the X. Never the X. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Kate. Uh, anything to add? Nope, not that I can think of. All right. Also check out What in the Wide World of Cinema on Instagram. And Threads. Oh, yeah. Not that, I, not, <laughs> not that I ever post there, but sometimes, sometimes we post on things there. Mostly just about episodes. But all right. Um, that's it. And we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Attack of the Killer Objects is edited, written, and produced by Anastasia Bird. That would be me. AOTKO theme was created by me as well with free use music and clips from the following films. Killer Sofa, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, Amityville 4, The Evil Escapes, and Rubber. The outro music is They Come at Night by Shane Ivers, courtesy of SilvermanSound.com. Our website is linktree forward slash attack of the killer objects there you can find descriptions of all of our episodes as well as our merch store we have apparel and accessories for all ages check it out and if you enjoyed today's show be sure to leave us a five-star review in the podcast app of your choice until next time